I'm Euro. I'm Chris. And this is Fork Bomb. Okay. All right. Waves are waving. Okay. I am not on Audacity now. Type in on Tuesday. Otherwise, I'll say it's some other date and year. And uh, all right. And we're in November. Second. Yeah, every time we we do these podcasts, it's a it's a blast. So yeah. um, it's it's always fun, uh, you know, and, and we just do this for fun, you know. And we just had so much fun that hey, why am I talking? We should be talking after I say intro. <laughs> after we do the intro, what am I doing? I'm out of sequence, guys. From the future, <laughs> Tuesday, November second, episode thirty five. Interview with John from Actra Retro. Actra, what's an Actra? Action Retro. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for coming on, Sean. Thanks for having me. Huge not, fans. Huge I appreciate fans. It. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I forgot which one was the first video I watched, but I definitely know which one was the last video I watched. <laughs> and every single video that I've been watching, it's just been... It's, it's just been great. And I'm always like, am I going to get to see his face? And I think Chris was mentioning that um, that in one of your earlier episodes, you do show your face. Yeah. I obviously hadn't seen one of those. So, seeing you now is just like, that's not him. It's supposed to be a guy with a mustache. I always picture you with a mustache. Yeah, well, that's I, what I would ask is, does my face match my voice? Uh, well, so, I thought you were a, 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 a person with a mustache and and like no hair but mm. but like a little bit over here like the picard thing oh, i thought you yeah. had that going on yeah yeah and um and that's not you well, i hate to disappoint <laughs> but my facial hair is terrible i cannot grow good facial hair yeah <laughs> you, you got like the few here and the few yeah over it just there. comes out all scraggly not good at all <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay how did um, you know that was one of our questions well strike that one off okay well Check. no I, I have a list of common questions I get asked and it's do you have a mustache is number one. <laughs> oh man alright well then fine <laughs> I see how that is so um, yeah we uh, we're, we're so happy to have you on the show Sean this is great it's it's fantastic we've been having a, a few people on on the show and, um, and 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 now you've joined that celebrity list so, uh, so yeah, I'm, yeah, man, you're in, you're in that celebrity, you know, power PC slash retro slash technology awesomeness celebrity group. Well, um, should point out um, for anyone that does not know who Sean is or what Action Retro is, how uh, we are we are we are interviewing Sean of the YouTube channel Action Retro, which specializes which specializes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong about any of this. Um, retro computing, specifically towards the Macintosh shenanigans slant, um, typically involving upgrading uh, upgrading old Macs far past what they have any right to be uh, doing, and then being uh, forced to run Minecraft, kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah, that, that about sums it up. That's my favorite thing to do is upgrade you know, mostly old Macs. Sometimes a PC or, or an old Linux or Unix system will slip in there. Um, yeah, definitely like upgrading old machines <laughs> and, Mine- and, um, and Minecraft. <laughs> and um, you indirectly contacted me through finding um, the 104 Fox toolkit 
And then uh, Euro was like, dude, have him on the show. <laughs> we need him on the show. <laughs> nice. So um, I reached out and you were most gracious to come on. So uh, thank you again. Yeah, well, happy to be here. This is fun. And uh, just a side note, I was curious. I typed your show's name into my command line and some funky stuff happened. Whoa. Could you elaborate on that? I accidentally pasted it in there. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Sure. Tell them what will happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what a fork bomb is. I don't need to tell you. It's a good name. I like the name a lot. <laughs> Glad you um, like it. Well, I guess uh, we should... Do you have any questions for us, or do you want us to start with uh, questions for you? Oh, man. Oh, this geez, is starting out like one tough. of those interviews. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, a tough choice. What would you say you do here? <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I listened to a couple of your episodes. Um, the one I, I listened to in the entirety pretty much was the 8-Bit Guy one. So, I know a little bit about your background. I know you guys have been friends for a long time, and that's super cool that you guys are doing this fun podcast. You know, together, and I think you're both. Are you both developers? Uh, ooh, Chris, you, I guess you're more of a DevOps person. DevOps currently, sysadmin before that, web developer background before that, action scripts developer in quotes <laughs> before that. <laughs> I was, um, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was in IT, uh, you know, doing IT support, fixing laptops and printers and stuff like that. And then I migrated over to uh, knock and monitoring. Mm. Uh, and then after that, I migrated over, or I guess pivoted over to uh, logging and monitoring. And then from logging, I went to logging operations. And now I'm logging operations extraordinaire. Yeah. Nice. Lots of geeky fun stuff. Lots of geeky fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Actually, I, 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 being in this field now, you know, in this, it's considered big data. Uh, man, I had no idea. I'm like, I can't, I don't even have a hard drive that big to, to be able to do the stuff, you know, that we're doing. So, it's it's crazy the amount of space that these logs take. Yeah. How, how about you, Sean? Uh, what is, what's your background? Yeah. So, it's funny you mentioned logs. I heard you talking about Splunk and stuff in your some of your previous episodes. So, I do have some professional experience there, but um, I kind of have a web development background, but it's self-taught stuff. Um, so right now I, I actually kind of work, well, I work in an SEO agency. I do technical SEO, right? So I get to do the fun stuff, like finding everything that's wrong on a site. Like why can't Google find your whatever and, uh, mm. tell people like you two, you know, what's wrong with the site and, mm. uh, try to get logs from you and stuff. Um, so a little bit crossing paths there. Yeah. Cool. And that's always changing. That's, uh, that's, uh, your, your, you're always chasing the uh, top spot on the search results because they're always changing changing the algorithm, right? Yeah. So, well, fortunately, I don't do so much of the chasing the top spots. My job is kind of getting you out of the bottom spots. So, like, uh, why did you put a disallow on your robots.txt file and now no search engine finds your site? You know, I get to find fun stuff like that. You know, I, I get to tell big companies why your client-side JavaScript is not only ruining the internet as a whole, but it's stopping <laughs> Google from finding your, your website. And most importantly, it prevents me from using my PowerPC Mac to load your website. That's quickly. right. That's right. Frog find. Yeah. Got to yeah. do it. <laughs> you know what, Sean? You got to tell everybody that they need to bring back the under construction signs. Yeah. It's the only way. The only way. 
<laughs> we just need more gifs on the internet in general. Just That's plain right. old animated gifs. Believe it or not, uh, search engines favor under construction gifs. <laughs> you That's heard it here. Spot. That. <laughs> okay, um, okay. I want to. I want to. I want a question. I want a question. By the way, we're we're asking questions now, Sean. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's a it's a good segue um, into what got you into the retro scene then. Mm, well, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of interesting. Like, I would say that I've always inadvertently been in a retro scene. Like my very first computer when I was a kid and uh, I was born in 82, right? So I, you know, grew up mostly in the 90s. My first computer in middle school was a 286 laptop that I picked up at a flea market for like five bucks. My parents were afraid of computers. Like they did not want a computer in the house, Mm -hmm. Uh, even though I was really interested in computers. You know, I would be in the school library playing with QBasic on, uh, you know, the library computers and stuff. And I'd be writing out basic programs just on paper, take them to the library to see if they work. So I, I found this $5 computer that my parents gave me a real hard time about buying, but eventually acquiesced. And, you know, I had QBasic on there. So I was kind of retro computing from the very beginning. <laughs> Did you play um, Gorillas? Sure. Yeah. There was gr- Gorillas.bass <laughs> on there. Yes. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Just making Five. fun text adventures. <laughs> $5 computer? Yeah, I think I think I we paid like five bucks. It was a Toshiba, like one of the ones where it was like, you know, people can't see this, but probably like a foot and a half long, and the screen was in the middle of it, and the battery was mm. on the back behind the screen. You know, oh, huge no. beast. <laughs> Is it? How, was it really heavy? Was it like uh, like twenty pounds or thirty pounds? Very heavy. It had a handle on it. It had a handle. Okay. It was a luggable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How old was it at the time? I mean, it must have been from like '87 or so. Like, when when did the 286 come out? <laughs> oh yeah, '80. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Oh man, '84. I want to say. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll and this was in. Yeah. So it was probably at least <clears throat> eight years old at the time, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember using a compact, and it might have been a Presario or something that was like that. It had the handle. Uh, and the keyboard came out and then you'd see the screen. The screen mm. was one of those uh, monochrome orange, you know, lit yeah. screens. The compact and, portable. And that's right. Yep. And it had the uh, floppy disks on the side. <laughs> and Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's it, it's a funny story that I my school, so I, I went to a private school in Texas and uh, they didn't have money for anything. So, our computer lab uh, and, and same, same as you, I was born in 82. And our computer lab, this was back in 94, our computers were from the 70s and early 80s. And the guy was like, we got the best computers in the world. They're the fastest thing ever. And that's where I used one of those. I used uh, one of those compacts and they had one of those Tandy Tandy 1000, uh, had one of those. And yeah, so that that was all exciting. Uh, I actually, that's, that's a lot where I learned my stuff. Yeah, my craft. Yeah, that's funny because elementary school, we had probably like Apple IIs and stuff. I remember mm. my first experience with the internet, you know, technically not the web, but the internet mm-hmm. itself was uh, the computer teacher using his Apple II from the elementary school to send an email to the high school, which was just across the football field. And it took maybe like 10 minutes to transmit this message he wrote. <laughs> and I remember thinking that I could have walked from the elementary yeah. school to the high school in that yeah. time and like delivered a letter 
Uh, oh my, half times changed. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you start uh, calculating the baud rate of carrier pigeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I was going to ask. Um, so what? Um, what got you into the uh, into the apple scene? But I guess you just just answer that one as well. Well, I mean, there's probably a little more to the apple scene part because I always had. PCs as a kid, you know, I had the 286 and my parents found a 386 at a yard sale. Uh, and then finally my grandfather bought our family um, like a compact Presario uh, 200 MMX, right? Mm. So that was a fairly modern computer when he bought it. And then I had that computer for ages and you know, so it was running Windows 98 started to get very slow and stuff and I found an old Mac at a thrift shop. It was actually, I, I still have it. Uh, an LC575 oh, wow which is a 68040 at like 33 meg- 68 LCO 40 no FPU so slow uh 33 megahertz that had a, has a beautiful color screen and i remember taking the compact out of my bedroom at the time and putting that in its place and like i'm just going to try to use this and this is in probably like 1999 1998 <laughs> so both computers pretty slow for the time um but this is the first time i ever played uh Warcraft was on that machine and i kind of fell in love with you know just mac os and classic mac os mm-hmm. in general of course uh the internet was not very good on it but i was still able to browse the web a little bit in like ie5 uh which looks cool on mac because it has that blue stripe on it um mm-hmm. yeah and then from there i kind of found uh the 68k mla forums which were pretty <laughs> new back then and uh stuff like apple fritter and people doing like cool mods and stuff to Macs. Um, and just rescuing Max from the side of the road. So I started driving around our, I lived in the suburbs at the time. I started driving around on trash day, just like looking for old computers and found a couple other Macs that way. Just old beige Macs. So, uh, so you, you've been doing this, uh, pretty much since you were a kid up. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was kind of the whole package of, you know, especially the beige max rainbow logo, the, the way the look and the feel of the operating system at the time, mm-hmm. just something about it spoke to me, I guess when I was a, a teenager, uh, hmm. still love it till this day. <laughs> your, um, your YouTube channel is, uh, looks like it's really starting to take off. You've got nearly 30,000 subscribers. Your, uh, Patreon is, um, uh, slowly ticking up. So congratulations on Thank that. Uh, what what yeah. what um what made you decide to um, start making content for YouTube? It was kind of just on a whim, right? Like, uh, and especially it was at the beginning of lockdown. So I've watched tech YouTube for a while. You know, I liked a lot of stuff. You know, like the bigger YouTubers, like Eight Bit Guy and LGR and stuff. But then a lot of like the smaller Mac YouTubers too, like Mac eighty four and Hrut K Mods, who I now have the pleasure of being friends with, and you know, nice. I've met some of them in person. We did VCF together. That was a ton of fun. Um, so just at the beginning of lockdown, I thought, you know, all these guys are doing these cool stuff, cool stuff with Macs. You know, I had like I think the only old Mac in my house at the time was just a Mac Plus. So I was like, I'm just going to try to get this online. And I was like, I wonder if I could just make a video about it and just like try, right? So I had a lot of fun doing that. And I was like, I wonder if I could just make a video every week. And like, that'll be my challenge through lockdown. And uh, so I started doing that. And it was very difficult at first because I was just using my my Android phone, this one right here, 
just mm-hmm. taped to a stand <laughs> with, a, with this USB microphone I'm talking on now, just connected to USB-C on the bottom of my Android phone, taped mm. to a stand. And that's how I was making those first videos. Um, nice. Yeah, and I had no idea how to like edit. I still don't, but I, I guess I'm a little better at it now. Um, but yeah, it started out as a, a lockdown challenge kind of, and then uh, had so much fun doing it and met so many people now in the process that it's just a, a great, great hobby. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah, definitely. You know, one, one of those things that drew me to your channel was actually the font. Oh. It's, that, it's that white lettering <laughs> with that purple in the back. That definitely, I'm like, wait, what is he doing? What kind of cursed <laughs> Mac is that? But that's what got me was that white font with the purple in the back and stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what drew me to that font. It's called Blue. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 uh, YouTube thumbnail game is tight. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really find myself laboring over thumbnails now. Like, I really want to show like the computer at just the right angle. <laughs> mm. It's good. It's good. It definitely attracts uh, attracted my attention anyway. Thanks. Uh, that's, yeah, definitely. When I saw Cursed Mac, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that video, the first Cursed Mac thing, I mean, that that was such a weird thing to happen, right? Because I just had started trolling Craigslist to try to find mm. old Macs and just computers to make videos on. Sure. And I saw that picture of just a, a spray-painted black compact Mac, didn't really know which one it was, with a blue CD-ROM hacked into it. So I had a completely different video planned for that day, like a script that I wrote up, like I write up scripts for these videos for at least the first part. So I threw that away and just put this cursed Mac <laughs> that I bought on, on the table and just started talking about it um, and taking it apart. And just out of nowhere, like that that video blew up. So yeah. I was like, well, I'm just going to mess around with the cursed Mac for the next couple videos. Uh, and it was awesome. And um, that's kind of been like the thread of the channel now is this silly cursed Mac that. Well, it, it was like a surprise is you, you kept when you open it up, there was like even more weird stuff in there. What are these four speakers glued onto the sides? Like, what is this? Who did yeah. this stuff? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Oh, um, uh, Euro, the, the uh, person that owned the cursed Mac saw the videos. Ah, well, that yeah. I haven't seen yet. So cool. Yeah, uh, well, that that goes even further because the cursed Mac had two owners. I won't spoil too much, I guess. <laughs> okay. But the the person who sold it to me, no, so I guess it had three owners. The person who sold it to me bought it from a, a yard sale, so he knew about the videos. And then the person who sold it at the yard sale found the videos. But then the original creator also found it so the guy who originally painted it black and used it from new and he told me the story behind like why he did all that crazy stuff to it so it was pretty pretty wild to have like the whole the whole history of the owners of this one machine find the videos that's oh, very so nice. awesome yeah um something about your channel that i think is uh, more special to euro and i um we we love watching the gold standards, LGR, 8-Bit Guy, um, all the other retro channels. But Euro and I really enjoy, we too enjoy uh, messing with and modding um, PowerPC era Macintoshes. So um, your content definitely gets a bit more watch, at least from me, especially while I'm eating lunch. Always during lunch. <laughs> 
you're my lunchtime viewing. Oh, nice, um, nice. <laughs> and um, um, I've got Your voice makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got a. Um, uh, I don't uh, collect. I only keep uh, just one or two machines. I've got an iBook G4 and a Power Mac Sawtooth. Mm, nice. um, that I'm um, just upgrading as far as I can possibly take it, and it's been passed around between. Uh, between Euro, between my mm-hmm. buddy Matt, my other buddy Matt, between um, another friend Tony, and then recently I had her send it back to me. So this is my third time having it. <laughs> and this time I finally got the dual Sonnet 1.8 gigahertz mm. um, upgrade. And um, I'm going to be very mad at, how do you say his name? Rutke? Yep, Greg Rutke. R- if I actually go through with the uh, two gigahertz overclock, because I want to do it, but I know I'm, I'm Chris, never going to find that on eBay again. Chris, I paid so much money for it too. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta do it, and you gotta do it on the floor like he did. <laughs> he was, he was on the floor with like <laughs> with the solder and everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. yeah, that's something I'm afraid to try is overclocking a processor <laughs> card, especially like like I've never done it before. So, especially along like something rare like that. <laughs> if you do want to do it, uh, there is one you can do it pretty safely on. The uh, PowerLogix um, CPU upgrades have dip switches. Oh. And um, I, I started asking around on the Mac Rumors forums, and they sent me to the spec sheet and explained um, how to figure out um, which which configuration gives you which, which overclock. And I got a, the dual 1.2 up to dual 1.4, and it worked. <laughs> but... At dual 1.4, when trying to compile uh, 10.4 Fox, it started kernel panicking. So ah. I'm afraid of that happening with the 1.8 if I do that. Right, right, right. Yeah, that Sawtooth, though, upgraded like that, even at dual 1.8, that's amazing. Like, I, I love yeah. the Sawtooth. I love that, specifically that gray um, version of that case, you know, and I, I had a Sawtooth way back that I also another computer I found at the thrift shop. <laughs> Nice. Um, so that that is very cool. Very jealous of a dual one one point eight even sawtooth. Um, meant to ask you actually, Euro, you wanted to ask um about the rare upgrades. Oh yeah, yeah. I was wondering, like, you know, where? <laughs> well, first, how do you get the idea? <laughs> I'm gonna find this extremely rare thing, and and then I'm gonna make a video. How do you get these things? I mean, <laughs> the people just here's my extremely rare, you know. <laughs> thing or well, that's that's actually happened which has been like maybe the most shocking thing of all um usually i'll have like the machine that i want to tinker with and i'll just look you know on like every mac and and low-end mm. mac and just see how far mm. it can be pushed and i'll go down the rabbit hole of what people have done to the machine and then i'll put like an ebay uh like alert just for every possible permutation of that upgrade card and just wait. Um, so that's how I find a lot of them. Um, mm. I found some like Apple rescue of Denver had um, a one gigahertz ZIF G four that I put in my beige G three, which was kind of like wow. the first, uh, the first beige Mac that I kind of really pushed in that way. Mm. Um, another time uh, the, like the dual no. The one I put in my clone, which is is a one gigahertz G4 PCI upgrade, um, I posted on 68k MLA like, "Hey, I'm looking for any kind of you know G4 PCI upgrade uh, to try to push this thing this clone as far as possible." 
Uh, so somebody messaged me. They had just purchased that and um, a video card from like Yahoo Auctions Japan or something. They're like, yeah, I've seen your channel. I think that would be awesome. Like, I'll let you have it for what I paid for it. Wow. Uh, so that guy's name is Arnolf. Thank you, Arnolf. Uh, I think in Norway. Uh, that was that was maybe the most incredible thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's in my power computing. That is so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's awesome that people, you know, people do that. And, it, and they also see that not only do you have a channel, but you know what? It really helps out the community as a whole because, you know, you get to now with your channel, you get to show all these rare and really cool parts to the rest of the community and get us all excited and also wanting, you know, rare and, you know, extremely rare parts. But still, <laughs> it's really fun to, it's really fun to watch and it, and, and, you know, it's just one of those things that, that the community, I'm sure, appreciates, you know, you making your videos and, and finding rare parts like that. It's just even cooler, you know, keeps people interested. I mean, that that's so incredible to hear. I'm just so grateful to be a part of this community, just kind of from, you know, from nothing, right? And uh, so many people are making so many cool things, you know, mm-hmm. and even you, right? Like with 10 4 Fox build kit. Like some like one person basically was making 10 4 Fox for all this time just to keep his machines alive and all of our mm. machines alive and us being mm. able to use these things that we love. And then, you know, he had to stop making that. So now just other people have stepped up with new options. Like Wicknix <laughs> is making interweb yeah. PPC. You're making the 10 4 Fox build kit, which is incredible. You know, there's just all this cool stuff people Thank are making, you. you know, for older machines, they're making like RAS SCSI and, you know, all these kind of SCSI adapters, blue SCSI and just right. all these cool things just so that we're able to, you know, use the machines. That's kind of like why I like upgrading them, right? I just want to be able to use the machine. Like it's an excuse mm-hmm. to like really go deep and learn about a machine and use it. Try to like get yeah. it to play Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Those from hardware. the limitations these machines impose comes a lot of creativity. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, those hardware mods that you find and everything and that stuff that people are making is so cool, the, the way that they're doing that. Yeah, that German guy that made that uh, another rare thing from, from the uh, for, uh, SE30, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, SE30. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That making card. his own CPU upgrades, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he cloned, well, he cloned the Carrera 040, which is what I have. Or I have his version of it. So and basically, the SE30 is a 68030 processor. They never really made a 68040 processor for it, but some people had made an adapter card to use um, processor upgrade intended for a similar machine in the uh, SE30. So he cloned both the incredibly hard to find upgrade and the adapter, and then he like built in Ethernet just just for fun into mm. the adapter. Uh, yeah. And just, yeah, just the fact that this guy, like, just out of the love of these machines, decided to go to that incredible level, you know, right. and just build this. So, I had so a highly easy. technical question uh, um, for that guy, if you ever get to talk to him. Right? <laughs> um, how do you even? Probably uh, with a even? multimeter <laughs> and some a lot of beeping. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... I wouldn't even know where to start. Me um, neither. People on the forums, I was asking about um, um, the the power logics overclocking, and someone else came out and said, actually, the, what you really want to do is um, design your own PCB and uh, <laughs> get one of the uh, newer power PC processors. Okay, that sounds cool. <laughs> where do I even start? 
Meanwhile, I'm going to keep looking for what I'm actually looking for on eBay because yeah. that sounds easier. Yeah, for sure. Well, one of the cool things about you know doing so much research for all, all of this stuff and talking to people like uh, the guy who made the, you know, I think bowl is how you pronounce it, but somebody said that's not how you pronounce it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sorry, bowl, if that's not how you pronounce it. <laughs> but like just talking to that guy, you know, chatting with him and learning his story behind it, you know, you kind of start to learn just through osmosis a little bit more about how this stuff actually works. And, you know, I mm-hmm. had no idea going into it all of this stuff and I still don't have that much of an idea, but I feel like I know just a little bit more about how such things are possible. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. After you, Euro. Oh, so polite. <laughs> well then, sure. Um, actually, I wanted to, um, I think this is a good segue into some software now because, so we have this challenge, <clears throat> just like you want, our power PCs to be able to do more. We've always find that we, we're finding stuff on the internet. It's just not together. So one of the things we found, and Chris, I'm going to talk about another project that uh, that uh, we've been involved in talking a lot about, and it's just jumping into rabbit holes. Um, is uh, one of the things we found was that so there's Boxer for power PC, and then there's DOSBox with JIT. Or JIT, or it actually uses the dynamic recompiler, or Dynarec for PowerPC, and it works a lot better than the one that Boxer comes with. Mm. So much so, and my goal was to get one game working, and now we're in this huge rabbit hole to try to get this thing to work. I just wanted the game Blood to work on a G5 quad, and I just want (laughs) I want Blood to work. That's it, you know. And um, and I found out that this DOSBox version actually makes blood run just fine and uh it's playable and so i'm like wait wait a minute why doesn't boxer have this this doesn't make any sense like you you have this incredible ju- uh, gui that everybody uses it's fantastic why doesn't why is the dos box version just not for this anyway many days and hours and actually chris flew flew down to come see me here in florida and everything and uh and and most of what we did was just sit down and and most of it was you, Chris, working on Boxer stuff, you know? Yeah, and we're just trying to merge Boxer with this DOS Box version oh. and then to give it to the community. And that way, we just have a badass version of Boxer. Um, oh. So, yeah, that's just one other thing that uh, that is it's just there's a lot of pieces out there of stuff that we can use to make stuff better for our machines. Another one that I recently found was uh, Open Arena. So, mm. it's like a, I don't know if you've played it before, it's Quake 3, mo- uh, Quake 3 clone. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and I noticed that the version that they have on their slow website, because that's all it is, it's just, it's, it's slow to download, Macintosh Garden is much faster, is version 0.81. And, uh, and with just a few simple P- PK3 files you throw into version 0.81, you can upgrade it to the same version that Intel binaries use, mm. which is 0.88. Yeah, and and it makes it look much better and everything. So there it is. You know, we're making our machines run, you know, newer software, and and yet it's able to run it, which is great. You know, a testament to PowerPC that's able to do that. So I'm hoping to throw that in Macintosh Garden too, so that way people don't have to go out there and find the PK3 files. Yeah, I had no idea. Not like it's hard or anything, but yeah. I I would like to try that. (laughs) And the the DOS box thing, that's amazing. Yeah. Not quite there yet, but um, yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> um, the 
to summarize that and get back to questions for you, um, someone on Vogons wrote their own dynamic recompiler for PowerPC that um, for DOSBox and distributed as a patch. Mm-hmm. And the end result is a three times performance increase in mm-hmm. DOSBox on PowerPC. Um, and they are very measurable just by running all the standard DOS benchmarks. Um, thing is, this for revision 4301 from 2019. But, DOSBo- but Boxer on Leopard is using um, version 0.74 from 2010. So nine years difference in the code bases, and they haven't changed that much. So went in there, did a diff, tried to patch it in there best I could, um, learned a lot about Xcode and GDB in the process, and um, then couldn't get that working. So I just tried patching and just straight take those new patches, apply them to stock 0.74, reproduce the problem. Great. Now I can actually debug it in GDB. Um, And you... and you would think the code bases are pretty similar, but I'm not very well versed with Objective-C or, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, yeah, C++. It's all C++. Yeah. And so now it's uh, now it's uh, turning into, well, I guess I have to learn a little bit about how <laughs> emulation works and how DOS works. Yeah. And, wow. Um, awkward segue, speaking of uh, crazy <laughs> software projects. Um, would you care to summarize FrogFind? and 68k news and maybe talk about uh what motivated you to create those sure happy to yeah so kind of just on a whim um like uh you know there's a lot of options out there for if you want to try to browse the web on old machines you know you could just try to use old browsers directly which a lot of times doesn't work because of things like tls um the other option is to try to use you know, new browsers built for old operating systems. So you've got 10.4 Fox, which has always worked pretty well for PowerPC uh, and um, Mac OS 10. But if you start going back into like Mac OS 9 and you have Classilla, you know, that works a little less well, you know, but you're trying to load a full website into, you know, a browser on this ancient operating system. The other option is to try to like tweak the web to work better on your ancient browser and there's been some other projects to try to do that um so i i just thought like i wonder my initial thought was i could just like write a proxy in php to take like google news rss feed and just make that easy to parse and then i could just have fun browsing google news headlines in in any browser you know just make it like html (laughs) one so you know i I started out with doing that with 68k.news so i just yeah, you know, I thought that was a clever URL, you know, 68K processor kind of targeted. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tested it on my SE30. Uh, so I started out just proxying the RSS feed from Google News just so I could read the headlines. And, you know, it's a pretty in-depth API there because you can put, like, the country and language and all that stuff. Uh, but then I I was doing a little research on options to pull the text from articles and I found there was a PHP port of the library that Mozilla, you know, Firefox uses to make like the reader mode, which does a really good job of stripping out all the crazy stuff and just giving you just nice formatted text, but keeping like the headings and stuff and paragraph breaks intact. Uh, So I just connected those two things (laughs) Uh, so that on 68K News, you can read the headlines from Google News 
uh, and then each headline link is proxied again to go through the Mozilla reader mode. And that also has the added benefit of taking care of the SSL issue. So you don't have to have HTTPS, you know, 6AK.news is just HTTP. Um, and that worked way better than I thought it would. Then I uh, did the same kind of thing for Frogfine. I thought I could just make a search engine. Uh, so I just take DuckDuckGo search results parse it down to basic HTML, and then again, proxy all the search results through that Mozilla reader mode library so that technically you can just browse a whole website like that. You search for Wikipedia, click on the link, and then the Wikipedia article, all the links in that article are also proxied through FrogFind. So you can theoretically just browse the whole website if it loads through FrogFind. Now, client-side JavaScript sites and like Web apps, the scourge of the internet, don't even though we're talking on mm. one right now, don't work mm. that well through it. <laughs> so you're not gonna stream, you know, YouTube, but it, it works reasonably well for mostly text based sites and you know, doing research. So yeah, that's uh what? that's kind of what they are, you know, and kind of the reason to make them, you know, just like upgrading the the machines and putting new stuff in there, getting them to run Minecraft, it's just fun to be able to figure out ways to just use these machines. So reading the news and just reading stuff and clicking around on the internet, just like it's 1994. I mean, that's a good way to just sit and have a reason to use the machines again. Yeah. And I've even played around just, you know, like I write sort of write scripts for my episodes, at least the intros and stuff. So sometimes I've even just done the research now using frog find and just Mm -hmm. written it up in like, you know, Microsoft Word for 68K Macs and mm-hmm. uh, just done the whole thing on the 68K Mac. And I mean, that that for me was amazing to be able to do, uh, to just sit and use the thing like a computer again, mm-hmm. um, even though yeah. there's so much convoluted stuff now going on behind the scenes to make it work. But it's what's really re- neat. Yeah. What's, what's really unique about it is <clears throat> I, I've, I often look around for for proxies for all browsers there's there's wayback proxies and those are hit or miss uh there are there are the proxies that convert um whole websites to image maps and those are neat but they're not fun to use um i i think yours in my opinion might be the first one that is truly future proof and covers the largest um range of of machines uh Sure. If you have a TCP stack and a text-based web browser, you can hit almost any website. And yeah. um, with some modification, it, it could even handle uh, client-side JavaScript rendered sites. Um, extensive modification, but the potential is there. So yeah. it's, a huge, um, it's a huge boon to the retro computing uh, community and... Yeah. Um, from both of us, thank you for for making absolutely. that. Yeah, oh, thank absolutely. you. <laughs> that means a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that other people are able to find uh, you know the use and kind of you know, I find a lot of joy in just using these old machines, and I'm I'm glad so many other people do as well. Oh yeah, uh, um, Chris, we did a whole episode on uh, on Power PCs. I mean, not about the Power PC, although yes, it, it was about that, but we did it on. Power PCs. I think I, I had a laptop. I had a. Oh yeah, that yeah, was rough. Yeah. And, oh yeah, but but we made it <laughs> we, happen. 
Yeah. <laughs> we had we, iChat um, going. Remember that? iChat with video and wow. yeah. it crashing and <laughs> we made we, it. Uh, we, <laughs> we set up a um, – a, I set up a VPN server on my router and uh, uh, scaled back the security settings to 2007 <laughs> and – both connected via tunnel blick and uh, <laughs> use awesome. Bonjour to do the actual iChat connection. Yeah. Record it with Audacity. Excellent. Yeah. yeah and it worked we just as well episode. as a modern machine. Almost. 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 It, was, well, <laughs> it wasn't the machine's fault, to be to be fair. Um, part of it was, but part of it was um, going over the VPN like we were doing. It was just too slow. There was way too much overhead on the router, way too much overhead on the Mac so. itself. And trying to do iChat and trying to record, um, it was almost as well as a modern machine. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what was but really it, cool was to hear the iChat the little when I when I would see yeah, first yeah. of all <laughs> when I would see Chris pop up it would do the the whole old bonjour thing and I haven't we hadn't done that since college Chris remember that it would just oh, yeah, show yeah. up in class and all of a sudden Chris would just <laughs> and I'm like oh let's play a game together because we don't really care about listening to. The, Whatever the teacher oh, was saying. Nice. You know? Yeah. And then the whole thing with iChat, we would dial each other and go, dee, 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 dee. and I'm like, oh, these sounds. Um, we actually did have video chat working, and that's mm-hmm. another uh, project I have on the back burner um, uh, that I want to um, get the get the Mac Rumors PowerPC forums involved in somehow. Um, I want to get audio and video conferencing working on these on these uh, tiger, leopard, maybe snow leopard era Mexican by setting up a Jabber server that works with them um, where people can sign up and audio chat, video chat. Um, and looking at the iChat server on, say, snow leopard server, it's just standard Jabber D underneath. So I think with the right configuration and some finagling with um, outdated security certificates, yeah. um, uh, it may be possible. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Projects like that are so cool. There's also the one that's, um, they, you know, redid the aim, like the Oscar protocol for AOL. Mm. So they got aim working again. I don't know if you've seen that. What? Yeah. So I did not know that. That is uh, cool. Who did? Jeez. I forget the name of it now. Um, but they basically, they reverse engineered the Oscar protocol of old school AOL, which is what mm-hmm. a- AIM used. Uh, and they set up, I think it might be called AIM Phoenix. Ooh, I have to look that up. Yeah, but like I, I so have cool. it and I keep trying to get people to actually chat with me on it. And I keep like <laughs> posting. I put it on Twitter a couple times and I don't know uh, why we will. does it. Yeah, it's definitely it's we will. Phoenix AIM and, uh, its tagline is chat like it's 1999. So yeah, kind of, kind of the same philosophy as you were just talking about, you know, reverse engineering this ancient protocol. And and, I found uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Projects like that are so cool. (laughs) I can't wait to use it with ADM. Nice. There's a YouTube as well. Aim is back. AOL instant messenger revived. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. For sure. Um, Back to the hardware a bit. I was curious. Uh, what would you say is the the uh, the prize jewel of your hardware collection? It's got to be the cube, right? Like I've always, you know, even back in like high school days, like the cube came out in like two thousand. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I graduated in two thousand one. So I, I remember them mm-hmm. coming out, and like I had, I think at the time, 
I was probably even still just using the LC575 <laughs> and, and random old computers I had, you know, that, that bought a thrift shops. So seeing that computer come out as like kind of a grail thing back then. So now I, I'm fortunate enough to have found one. Yeah, you know, I just bought it on eBay, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't the best looking cube. Like it scratches, dinged up and stuff, but that's okay. Cause I kind of like rescuing those anyway. Mm. Uh, but then it came with a, an upgrade. So I think it was like 800 megahertz or something. And then I found, uh, he's actually on 68 KMLA forums. I think or Mac rumors, I think 68 KMLA, a guy named herd who makes upgrade cards. And he made a, a two gigahertz G four upgrade for it. Wow. That's um, crazy with like the heat sink is just this solid piece of copper on there mm. so that I can interface with the cubes heat sink. And uh, mm. I was all set up to run the cube and that cube with that processor. I mean, it's like almost a modern computer <laughs> like right. that one when we were at VCF East and I had it running Minecraft and all the kids mm-hmm. were playing on it and stuff. Yeah. The and, Minecraft server. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh-huh. that machine, I mean, it was on the whole, the whole weekend straight in this not very, it was a pretty hot room too. So it you survived and, uh, you didn't smell any burning yeah. plastic or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's probably my favorite machine. I put some LEDs in the bottom and it kind of mm-hmm. like, sprinkles out light from the bottom and lights up the acrylic a little bit so yeah i love i love that thing that's so I'll, cool i'll definitely be going to the next uh, vcf east nice yeah i think we're planning on on doing it again myself steve mackety four and mike from mike's mac shack another great mac channel hmm. yeah uh, setting up another display um what would you say is the holy grail that you would like to add to your collection? Oh, geez. Uh, well, I just got one of them, actually. <laughs> um, so probably the next video is going to feature it. So I'll talk Uh-oh. about it. Um, the PowerBook 2400C, which uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but there was the whole Duo series of PowerBook, which culminated in the Duo 2300C, which was a PowerPC kind of crippled, super ultralight, compact Mac laptop. They were all meant to just go in docking stations. They didn't have any drives, almost no Mm. ports. So they discontinued the Duo series, but it was really popular in Japan. So they're like, well, crap, we can't just abandon that whole market. So Mm. they released the 2400C, originally calling it a Duo, but then they dropped the Duo part because it actually has all the ports built in, doesn't need a dock. It has like a 80% sized keyboard, which is really weird. And it was built by IBM, uh, which is hmm. the weirdest part, of course. Uh, yeah. So they like contracted out the manufacturing to IBM. Mm. Mostly sold it just in Japan, but one model did come out in the US, uh, which is the one that I found. Uh, so I, I'd only been, one sold, which was yeah. yours. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been looking for that for a long time and I found one on eBay. And then I just found an upgrade, which I won't spoil now. But uh, yeah, so Very I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna try to push that thing pretty far. Yeah, nice. Is um is the is the cost of um, retro hardware becoming uh, prohibitive? Yeah, I mean the rare stuff is expensive, you know, especially because you know if they didn't sell very well, and then you know went through a period where they it wasn't worth anything. It was just an old used mm-hmm. computer for a while. So people recycled them. And then, right. you know, that took out more of the limited, you know, amount that was actually built. So some of those things that in working condition, especially can be very expensive now 
which is a shame. You know, but sometimes uh, on the other end, you find it and you just kind of get lucky, right? Uh, and and get a good pickup. It's just so weird that we're at the stage where um, just ten years ago you couldn't give away a CRT monitor. Now people are saying retro gaming monitor for two hundred dollars. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Slap the word retro on it, and that's it. Yeah. You're golden. <laughs> yeah. Once eBay people figure out what Trinitron means, and now mm-hmm. you know any decent monitor is is a Trinitron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Chris, you've been asking all the questions. I, I want some. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll I'll choose some easy ones. How about that? Sure. So, Sh- Sean, how about uh, your favorite tech movie? Tech movie. Huh? Tech movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I've ever thought about that before. <laughs> now you will. Okay, so, well, <laughs> I'm not the biggest, like, movie aficionado. Um, so, I'm, I'm going to give you a real bad choice. I'm going to say um, some of the 2000 Star Trek movies. Um, nobody 2000. likes those movies, but I like those movies. Uh, so, you've got, you know, like, ne- the next like, generation. Like Nemesis. Cast. Yeah, Nemesis. Mm-hmm. I mean, awful movies but i like them a lot <laughs> hey they're not bad um okay okay yeah not bad I, I think i already gave away my tech movie last time but i'll say it again uh my favorite continues to be pirates of silicon valley mm. um i i don't know if you've watched it but if you haven't after this show <laughs> you need to go and watch it um, it is that good. The only bad thing is they never released it on. It's not like on Netflix or anything like that. So, uh, so you might have to go hunting for it. And uh, but yeah, yeah, excellent movie. Um, I that it's in my opinion, it's better than Jobs and all that other stuff that yeah. came out later with Ashton Kutcher and the other one that they made as well. Pirates beats all of that in my opinion. Um, yeah. So that that's a real answer to the question, as opposed that to my is, jokey is, Star Trek answer. But I, well, yeah, that that's a good answer, and that's something I, I, that's been on I my list. Know. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I've never I, managed to catch it. So now, on your recommendation, I'll definitely go, definitely go watch uh, it. Oh, it's, so you really haven't watched it? I thought you were just like, yeah, okay, no, no. I've, it's, seen it about 50 I've always meant to to watch it, but I just don't watch a lot of movies. <laughs> oh man, no, this one's worth it. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. All right. Nice. Well, um. See, my question was uh, not too bad. Um, <laughs> that was the most stressful right. question yet. You're like, yeah, what yeah, movies like, have I've you never watched? I'm like, crap, this. I hardly ever watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got another one for you. Yeah. And and, uh, and and maybe this might be a little bit of a curveball, uh, but we'll see. What's your favorite 90s processor manufacturer and why? Um, I don't know, probably just... I mean, it's hard to say like 90s processor. Mm-hmm. So, really, it's Intel AMD or something obscure. So, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say AMD because I don't know why. Like, I just thought they were the underdogs in the 90s when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. um, I, I had a, an AMD K6 machine for a while that was mm-hmm. less a machine and more just like a motherboard I found at a thrift shop. I was like, I'll just put a bunch of crap together sure. and uh, installed Linux on it. Uh, and mm-hmm. that was my first Linux experience. So I had um, Red Hat Linux that I bought at Barnes and Noble, the bookstore. Very cool. That like came <laughs> with a book or something, and I installed it on this just pile of parts AMD K6 machine, and kind of you know, I had no idea what I was doing, and like I screwed it up a couple times. I had to reinstall it, but 
kind mm. of that's when I fell in love with uh, Linux. Do you happen to remember nice. the version by any chance of, of Red Hat? I have no idea. I know what the box yeah. looks like. <laughs> did, did, did it have a Red Hat by any chance? It had a Red Hat and it was a white box and it had a book in was, it. Was, did, did, was there any blue around it? Because I think I might have. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh, man. If you have like what I had as a teenager. <laughs> I actually bought a box copy from Best was Buy. Was this by any chance? Um, no, I think it was a white background. Uh, what version is that? Oh, okay. This is 5.2. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but I still have these things. Nice. nice. <laughs> I think the book that I bought still exists like at my mother's house, like in her basement. <laughs> hmm. I always okay. mean to go back and look for it. <laughs> Very cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, that was that was my question. I, uh, there were good questions. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to say alpha, but, you know. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, okay. So, how do you choose what your next video is going to be about? You mm. know, how do you do you sit there and kind of ponder the world and I'm like, oh, man, the world needs that laptop. They need to know about it. <laughs> so, I, I don't really have much of a process right now. I've tried to. Like, I have all these ideas in my head. And I've tried to put them into like a Trello or something and, you know, organize it in some way or just write them down. <laughs> but I always wind up just abandoning that and just whatever, you know, I, I tried to set Sundays as my filming day. So just mm. kind of whatever is most like in my head by by the time Sunday comes around. And if I have the parts to do it, then that's what I do. Um, which you know, isn't a great organizational method because... Uh, you know, if you find something doesn't work or a part that you forgot to order, then maybe I'll do a different video. But right now, I just kind of go wherever my my interests are at any given moment and just uh, make a video. Yeah. Do you feel pressure? Like once you get to, let's say you get to Sunday and you haven't thought of what video yet to make. I mean, is there is there some of that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely pressure. Um, kind of you know it's a little bit self-imposed pressure because it kind of like you know nobody told me to make a video a week that was kind of just like i want to try to make a video every week um so from mm -hmm. that perspective there there's some pressure there um but but usually more often it's like okay well i want to do this and i want to do this and i want to do this which one am i actually going to be able to do this weekend right and that's the pressure mm -hmm. i was like wait did mm -hmm. i order that part like do i have that that cable like i think i bought it and then like i have to dig for it and then like i can't find it so i have to do the other video um <laughs> yeah do you Makes intend sense. to keep it as a hobby or um is the goal to try to make it your your uh, full-time gig well i kind of like what i do as a day job you know i'm uh i enjoy talking to developers and like finding problems with their their websites and fixing them. So I, I don't think this YouTube stuff could ever be a full-time thing, um, but I definitely in, enjoy doing it. And it's definitely become kind of like, a, you know, I, I do put a lot of time and effort now into making the videos, um, you know, and spend money on buying ridiculous things from eBay and then hoping that the, the video will, will pay back for, you know, what I purchased. Um, so yeah, no, never going to be a full-time thing, but it definitely it feels kind of like a, a part-time job. <laughs> uh, might be for the best. I can't imagine how the uh, the full-time YouTubers keep it uh, fun for themselves. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I know um, 
LGR Clint had to do some serious uh, restructuring, for example, moving it uh, out of his house into uh, into a dedicated studio space just to get that work-life separation. Yeah, I think he made a video about that, I think. I, I remember watching something about he moved to uh, like a storage unit and set up a studio mm-hmm. in there just to have a separation uh, and kind of like bring some structure back into his, his life. Right. All right. Um, well, I got a fun one. Nice. What is the name of the opening theme of your channel? Did you oh, make yeah. it? No, I don't remember. It was something from the YouTube audio library. I kind of feel bad that I don't remember. Although <laughs> it's still on my computer somewhere. <laughs> I just thought, like, hey, this song sounds like a 90s, like, you know, there, there used to be uh-huh. these shows like Beyond 2000 and like all these uh-huh, shows uh-huh. in the 90s. I was like, this sounds like uh, one of those like intros. Yeah. <laughs> That's you so have- cool. You have the longer version of it in your first video. Mm. I wonder if Shazam would would pick it up. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> hmm. People are going to do that now. Nice. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I do like the little, uh, you know, the little post-its and stuff that comes up, and you're oh, like, yeah. "Action retro." That's so cool. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I made that way back at like when I first decided to start making videos. I sat on the couch one day. I was like trying to learn my video editor software and I made mm. that <laughs> with an emulator. Which, which software is that? Uh, well, so back then I was try. I thought I could do this all on Linux. So I was using Kden Live on Linux, which is not great. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that's where I started. All my early videos were on Kden Live and then I decided to buy a Mac again. Um, so now I use DaVinci Resolve. And actually I used Resolve on Linux for a little while too. Hmm. Very cool. Sadly, uh, uh, video editing on Linux is, uh, at least the open source route, is uh, just has, has never fully been there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> our uh, our video in the beginning, uh, we always have this intro thing. It's like one second long or whatever it is, but it was basically be me mashing buttons on my Mac <laughs> on GarageBand <laughs> with the keyboard. <laughs> You know, with the with the with the keyboard option, the you know the piano. Yeah. So I was just mashing buttons, and then and then all of a sudden it sounded like some 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 crazy you know science experiment thing, and I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. <laughs> Sounds like some infinite solutions, do it yourself sort of. A- <laughs> yeah, you let you let fate figure it out for you. I like it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the right sound I've been looking for for years. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> How long does a single video take you? Oh god, I don't even know. <laughs> I've been trying to get better at editing. Um originally it took a long time, especially when I was using Kden Live, that took forever. Mm-hmm. Uh which is one of the reasons I switched to Resolve, which sped it up like at least two times. Um mm-hmm. but I tried to do all the filming on Sunday. So I'll film for like 4 or 5 hours. Until I start to get tired, and then uh, if I'm not done yet, then um, that's a good time to let it install an OS or something, and then uh, pick it up the next day. So probably five to eight hours of actual filming um, spread through a day to up to three days, and then editing probably takes me eight hours. But I'm not I'm not good at it, <laughs> uh, so it probably takes me longer than it would somebody else. And also, a lot of times I'm doing it from the couch and we're watching TV or something. Um, yeah, there is a time commitment <laughs> to making videos. Wow. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's not that much for this podcast, but um, but but we can make it long. <laughs> <laughs> it was at first. Um, at first, yeah. Yeah, it was three hours at first. Now it's down to about 20 minutes because I've learned Audacity macros. Mm, nice. Yeah, I definitely have to get more efficient with how I use my software. <laughs> Where, where do you uh like where do you store all your stuff? Oh uh, man! You know, is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you have a warehouse? Is it all over your house? Well, Are you walking through it in your kitchen? So right now we live in a tiny house in Philadelphia, right? So, mm-hmm. um, basically there there's two bedrooms in this house. One I'm sitting in, which is like our office slash my studio, like the table I film on is to my left here, and then most mm-hmm. of my computers are in the closet right here to my right <laughs> which is like almost a walk-in closet but it's just jam-packed with shelves right now with components and bins and and computers stacked up mm-hmm. so yeah most of my stuff is actually in this room and then mm-hmm. down in our tiny basement uh, i have a little display on some ikea shelves with some of my better looking machines like the cube is down there i have an imac mm-hmm. g3 that i love down there and a 3d printer and some other goodies and then I do have a storage unit that I have just a few things in. It's a very small, cheap storage unit. Um, definitely my overflow for projects that like, because people have sometimes given me computers and stuff and and uh, they're nowhere near where I could make a video with. So that's where they go. Tiny storage unit. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So in the future, I guess you foresee expanding that storage unit. <laughs> or finding a bigger house. <laughs> or, or that. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Very cool. Which, which you are doing by moving to the suburbs here. Yeah, yeah. So, Soon-ish. yeah. Hopefully, I'm going to have more room. We're pretty close on, on buying a new house. And then I'll be able to set up a bigger, like there's a basement in the new house, which is hmm. pretty much waterproof. So, set up a um, bigger studio. And actually, I've been toying with the idea of being in my videos, like with my face and stuff. Uh, because the only reason I started doing like the hand thing is because this room I'm sitting in is very, very small. Like, I don't know, seven feet by seven feet or something, eight feet by eight feet. Um, And the lens I bought for my camera is the wrong one for like this size of a room. So I literally can't get myself into frame with the camera. So Mm. got into the habit of just doing the hand thing and that kind of like people remembered it. So I thought it was kind of a funny thing to keep doing. But if I have a bigger space now, and I can set up like a little area where I can be in at least maybe part of the video and still do the hand thing. But, you know, you, you, yeah, you know, you, you, you have a unique voice. So, uh, like, I instantly knew it was you by, <laughs> by you just talking. So, I think you could keep up the hand thing and, and then people would just recognize you, you know, because of your voice. That's and so the, funny. Of course, the hand motions. Yeah. Yeah. No, that for sure. People say that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you have a very recognizable voice, which is really do to realize. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you um, really, really do. Speaking of the hand thing, for anyone who has never watched Action, the um, your Action Retro channel, um, you never see Sean's face, which brings me to my question. Uh, is there a body attached to your floating arm? If not, 
Are you and Thing from the Adams Family somehow related? No, I thought it would be efficient, actually, if I kept a couple spare arms lying around. Uh, so I just, I put one in frame, and then I can get behind the camera and film with the arm going in frame. So that's kind of why you see it like that in the videos. This is kind of a quirk of, of how I film. There's, there's that trademark, this, that you do, uh -huh. or that, yep. and, and that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. uh, another friend of mine was uh, watching her channel for the first time, and she she immediately said she immediately said he has his hand motions down. <laughs> well, geez, how long have Is I been Italian? doing them for Is... now? Like he, he must be Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, Sean, so do you have any other hobbies? Um, yeah, I mean, I play guitar a little bit. Um, I used to be in terrible like punk rock bands, um, so that was that was a hobby. Uh, yeah, computers though, kind of the the big thing for me. <laughs> okay, you seem yeah. to have a background in web development as well. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, so that's actually a good point. I mean, that just started out as a hobby, like especially back when I I was in terrible punk rock bands. Like I kind of learned web development. You know, I, I already had played with basic and stuff. So, you know, it was kind of the next logical thing. Like, Oh, I'll make a website for the band. I'll learn some JavaScript and some HTML and stuff. And then I got into like flash and, uh, you know, what flash script or action script or whatever. Um, so like there used to be a website called pure volume. So one of the big things I did was I made like an animated flash ad for my crappy little punk rock band and like bought ad space on pure volume with this, like what I thought was a pretty professional looking ad and got like a lot of plays mm. <laughs> from, from my little flash ad. And then I also thought uh, back when I was still living at my mom's house, I thought it'd be fun. Like, Oh, I could probably make a record label. Right. So I made a, a record label website and promoted it on some forums. And I guess it looked official enough that people started sending demos to my mom's house. Uh, oh, cool. And I started getting oh. like, Probably, I probably got like a thousand demos. Just oh, wow. Wow. and I was like fifteen or fourteen at the time. Like I don't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that started out as a hobby. Yeah. Now I kind of do it professionally. That's so cool. Very nice. Yeah. I think we are getting a little bit of echo now. Unfortunately, oh, I'm probably too close. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um. Well, I guess we were going to ask that, do you intend to make Action Retro a full-time gig? But you answered that, so <laughs> I guess I'll go elsewhere. Um, <laughs> if you can only save one Mac, you know, your house is catching on fire, you can only save one Mac, which would it be? Well, I mean, in that case, the logical answer would be the hardest to replace. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so I'd, I'd probably go with the one that I just got, which is that... Uh, the laptop. To see. But then I could, I could maybe go with the G4 cube because if you turn the G4 cube upside down, it kind of becomes a small bucket. So I could fit some <laughs> other computers inside the bucket of the cube. Oh, and uh, nice. yeah, yeah. So may, maybe I'd go for the cube the first. Box. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, um, I did not expect. That. <laughs> have you noticed any correlation between? Um, between views, likes, and subscribes, uh, between videos that do and videos that don't have Yoshi in them. So I haven't had Yoshi in the videos for a while. 
she's kind of hard to wrangle in there because <laughs> sometimes she's all about it and she wants to see what I'm working on. And then other times I'll put her up there and she doesn't want to do it. I tried to tempt her with treats a couple times, which worked, but then she just wants more treats. So yeah, hmm. usually I'll just make sporadic appearances. So not, not enough to draw any real hard conclusions from that. <laughs> <laughs> my ratings are going through the roof it's always yoshi <laughs> you're not like us you're not like smooth smooth mcgrew where the cat is required <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. oh man uh you know what i'm reaching the end here but i did want to ask about that sorbet I guess that's how you pronounce it. It's the ice cream. Uh, I wanted to ask, uh, have you heard about that project? And if so, um, are you planning on uh, testing it out, making any videos? No. What is, what um, is that? Okay. So, this user, he in the Mac Rumors forum, he goes by the name Z970MP, which just happens to be the G5 processor, uh, the last one anyway. Um uh, designation. Uh, he took it upon himself to make a new version of Leopard. Oh, you know what? And I did see this. Yeah, yeah, I looked at that. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we've been uh, test. Uh, so we were in the early phases of of not development. He was obviously doing the development. We were just doing the testing. So we were in the test forms with him, and uh, you know a lot of back and forth on on you know benchmark mon- numbers and and making sure that. It actually was, in fact, faster than than booting up from standard Leopard and everything. But it's out now, and uh, and you can almost consider it a ten five nine, yeah, which never came out. Yeah, and it's got a lot of bits from um, from uh, from that you know Alpha ten six, but actually works really well, and it's super fast. That's um, amazing. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I, w- I was going to ask you then, what did they take out of ten the ten six Alpha or Beta or whatever that was? Uh, he has a, he has a log of, uh, everything that he did, like a release log. Um, there were some binaries that were taken. Um, I know there was some, some other UI external stuff. I think he took fonts as well from, uh, from 10.6, uh, a few other things like terminal and stuff that's from 10.6. Um, yeah, there were some other things that were put in there that, you know, some scripts as well, by the way, it comes with several scripts where some that eliminate actually the, the shadows, the backdrops. Mm. And uh, and that actually helps. That's and cool. he disables. Yeah, he disables beam sync. There's a few other things that that there's a lot of tweaks that make it really fast. I mean, I I feel like when I'm using it, I feel like I'm using Tiger again. Mm. But it's all Leopard with some of the Snow Leopard bits. Um, I'd love to know the other parts that he that he um, you know took out of from Snow Leopard. They're toying around with potentially trying to bring the kernel in from 101A90, I think. Yeah. It's that the later, you know, later alpha build of uh, of Snow Leopard. That would be unique. Yeah. That would really be something. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, it's, it's out. You can try it. Um, I've been talking to him for some time now, for several months. Um, and uh, the guy is really, really knowledgeable. I actually would like to um, sometime, you know, maybe even possibly interview him. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the stuff that, that they're working on. And that's just more of the same that, like what you were saying, yeah. how they're making people are actually making stuff to, to make our Macs do more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that's incredible. Yeah, I definitely want to try that out. Definitely on my radar to make a video about. I mean, my thought would be to try it on, you know, some super slow machines and mm. see if they're at all usable versus like mm. actual leopard. 
I've got yeah. the forum post up, uh, spe- specifically the part about what he brought in from Snow Leopard. Hmm. It's um, not only the uh, desktop backgrounds and fonts, but also uh, newer, lighter versions of dashboard, expose, hmm. front row, spaces, and time machine launchers, wow. all pulled directly from 10.6.8 to replace their Leopard counterparts. They're all fully PowerPC compatible and run flawlessly to boot. That is cool. There, um, there was some... Yeah, there was some more stuff there, Chris. Remember about, I think he was using Quartz or Core or something. Remember he was offloading all of that stuff over to, to Quartz, I think? Uh, a lot of the stuff. Uh, it is visibly it smoother. Even the dock mm-hmm. animations. <laughs> yeah. Noticeably smoother. Yeah. That combined with Leopard Rebirth, and man, it looks like a new OS. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm excited to see uh, if, if you ever get time to... Uh, to put that in your channel. That's definitely something I'm going to play around with and uh, definitely intend to make a video about it because that's super cool. <laughs> hmm. I we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, <laughs> man. I've reached the end. <laughs> For sure. Oof. This has been fun. It, it always is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, with everything, everything that we do, sometimes we screw up. And you know what's funny is that um, we're like, should we edit this out? It's like, no, this whole thing, including you saying that, is going to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, the quickest way to edit things is just not edit anything out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, people start. tend to like it. Yeah. yeah. They like it's like it's like having a Star Trek show with all the. Can you imagine watching a, a Star Trek show but with all the spoofs <laughs> in the show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what this podcast is. Nice. <laughs> it's basically a train wreck that for some reason it wobbles around and everything, but it somehow still goes. I felt like we were on the rails the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, until now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. This has been good. Yeah. Cool. Um, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> um, I guess there's the part that we always forget. Um, contact for oh, yeah. podcast. At, oh no, no, wait. The most important part first. Um, where to find uh, your channel, Sean? Um, that mm. is, uh, just search for Action Retro on YouTube. Yeah, um, yeah. It'll pop right up. It's the icon of the Mac, um, Mac SE30, right? Uh, it's actually or a classic <laughs> Mac. It's a yeah, it's a classic Mac. So the the classic Mac floating on a black background with a little purple circle around it. That's me. That's actually a real from a real picture of a like a Mac SE case that I was retro writing before I really knew what I was doing <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago. Sitting on my old apartment's like balcony in the sun. <laughs> I, had, I had taken a picture <laughs> of it and then traced it to make that that logo. Nice. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to plug for our three listeners? <laughs> uh wait you, i thought you guys were famous <laughs> you, you uh, should plug your record label and all that oh, stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean no, nothing else really to plug i mean there, there's a lot of great mac content on youtube i mean i've made some really cool friends over this time you know mac 84 has some awesome videos and also some awesome live streams where he like live recaps machines and like fixes traces that were rotted from battery explosions and all this stuff oh wow very cool stuff to watch mac 84 uh rut k mods we mentioned earlier he does some real cool mod stuff and also some general mac videos like he just did one about ebay I book clamshell scams, the kind of scams like people say they're prototypes and they're not. That's a interesting mm-hmm. thing to watch. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike's Mac Shack does a lot of cool streams, Mac stuff and general computing, IBM PS2 stuff. It's a lot of cool stuff out there. It really is. Just something about these machines that, that they're just more fun to use for some reason. That's true. I know we've mentioned it already before in, in a previous podcast, but that's that's almost that, that's kind of how Chris and I met. Yeah, was through a, uh, a an iBook. Uh, what was it? G three, Chris, the one of those white ones. iBook G three. Yeah, yeah. Five hundred megahertz. Yeah, and some flash thing he was working on some rolodex thing (laughs) yeah and i was like what the heck is that and then boom you know 20 years later we're still talking very cool (laughs) the power of mac (laughs) that's right that's right cool well uh oh wait tell our three listeners where they can find us chris oh uh fork bomb podcast at gmail.com um Facebook.com slash mm-hmm. Fork Bomb Podcast, uh, Twitter at Fork yeah. Bomb Podcast. Uh, we have a website, forkbomb.podbean mm-hmm. with an N as a Nancy.com. Podbean. And yeah, that's about it. Great. Well, it's been fun having you. Uh, we really appreciate you being on the show. Um, Come back anytime, really. Uh, yeah. We talk about anything. So, uh, anytime you feel like talking or just being on the show and having fun, uh, let us know. Sure. This has been a lot yeah. of fun. You guys are great to talk to. So, thanks for having me. Thank you for the great uh, content. Thank you for Frog Fine. Thank, <laughs> thank you for 68K News. Um, for sure. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Sean. And good night. Good night. Good night. Stop. Good night.